Whoa. <laughs> we made it. This is the season finale of Sol. I haven't fully processed the beautiful conversations I've had this season, but I know each one touched me, uplifted me, and encouraged me to carry on. It has been a privilege to sit down with women who make history every day and will keep doing so whether or not everyone joins them. I started this podcast during a time in my life that was so dark I thought I, would, I wouldn't see the sun again. It took friends, family, all the incredible guests and listeners like you to remind me how much I enjoyed letting the light in and I can't wait to do it again. I'm Sienna Chanel and welcome to Seoul, a podcast that shares food for thought rooted in culture. Every episode, I sit down with a Black or Latinx woman to talk health, wellness, and self-love. Today's guest is Alex L., an author, wellness consultant, and host of the Hey Girl podcast. Welcome to Seoul. This is Sienna Chanel, and today we have the admirable Alex L. in the house. Hey, girl. Hello, so nice to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's so great to join you in community and conversation. Also, I had to kick off the call with the signature, hey girl. Hey girl. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have the face of the podcast in the house. Um, yes, we do. Thank you so much. I love that little, that little special touch. Definitely close <laughs> to my heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but let's get into our opening question for today. So what is energizing you today? Mm. So today I'm feeling really energized by the painting I did earlier. Um, it's been like brutally cold here in the DC metro area. So mm. we haven't been able to really get outside and get our vitamin D how we'd like with the little ones. So we painted this morning, we colored um, and that was nice. And that made me feel supported and creative in you know, for the first time, I would say this week, I haven't done my painting. So it was, it was really nice to be able to do that. So that felt energizing. That's beautiful. I also love to paint. I just painted over the weekend for a, my best friend. It was her birthday. And I took one of our favorite photos and I just tried to paint it for her. So still need to get it to her with contactless delivery, but um, super excited to share it with That's her. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's just really nice to to explore creativity with family. That's such a nice time. Um, but yeah, let's let's transition a little bit. You have a new book out called After the Rain. How <laughs> yes, I do. You, yeah, how would you describe it to people who maybe don't know what it's about? Yeah, so After the Rain is essentially uh, a collection of hope, compassion, and self-love intertwined with 
15 lessons that I've learned uh, so far in my life that have really shaped me to be the woman that I am today. And then there's some meditations and affirmations sprinkled throughout the book just to break up those longer uh, pieces and give the reader some time to actually reflect and digest not only what they read, but how whatever they read left them feeling. Um, so in a nutshell, that is After the Rain, Gentle Reminders, life lessons, and hopefully something that will leave people feeling rooted closer to themselves and also the community around them. That's awesome. How has facing the rain or maybe the more stormy moments helped you lead a more abundant life? Hmm. Um, I think knowing that we're going to have rainy seasons in life has shifted how I deal with the storms that greet me and that will continue mm. to greet me. Um, mm. So abundance, I think, comes from being able to greet our rainy seasons and our adversity and our challenges with this glimmer of hope that this too shall pass. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've always loved the rain. I love being um, inside when it's raining and hearing the, the drops on the window and I love the thunder and lightning. And then I think it's really amazing how when the rain is done, it leaves and the sun comes back, uh, the clouds part. And that's always been kind of a reflection of the challenges I've walked through, you know, and will continue mm -hmm. to walk through. And so instead of trying to run from the rain or avoid it or pretend like it isn't happening, it's more so maybe lean in and get curious about it, see what it's, you know, causing growth, um, see how it's rather causing growth in our lives or around us, and perhaps even prepare for the joy that is on the horizon. So mm. that is how I look at our rainy, our emotionally rainy seasons, and also how abundance can grow from those seasons of rain and adversity. Mm. I really love the way that you described that because it was very much like imagery almost. You were illustrating this for me. And it's such a nice way to lead life in that you expect that you expect the rainy seasons and you embrace them instead of just like hiding away and traveling to somewhere sunny. But your position is really interesting because your work professionally is also very intertwined with this soul work that you talk about so much. So how do you find balance? Balance in what sense, would you say? Just, I guess, work-life balance in the sense. Mm. So the first thing that comes to mind is emotional rest, which is mm. something I've been exploring a lot over the past, what, have we been in quarantine for almost a year mm. it'll be a year what in January um February so yeah. soon and it's interesting when you do soul work for your personal dynamic and growth and evolution but then it's also it also plays a role as you mentioned in my work so I think giving myself the space to rest emotionally and not trying to you know figure out what's next or not trying to um control my emotions and instead just letting them be what they will be. That's been a real turning point this year is allowing myself not only physical rest, but emotional rest to kind of just 
like stop thinking about things that I can't control or maybe stop overthinking about my healing and what I need to do to make it happen um, and how I can soothe myself through the pain points or the tenderness that comes up, right? So emotional rest is what's coming to mind. I think that's important, especially for those of us who are in this work, be it professionally or personally, of healing and living lives that are intentional and grounding and supportive, not only for ourselves, but our community. Um, we have to give ourselves a minute to breathe. We have to give ourselves time to recoup and, re and regroup. So that's what I would say to that question, emotional rest. Hmm. How do you make space for emotional rest when you are in quarantine? Mm. Logging off, something I'm trying to do better at is create an actual schedule because not mm. only am I working from home, but my husband is working from home and our 12-year-old is Zooming from home, Zoom schooling. And uh, we have two little ones who are two and a half and one. Aww. So, you know, it's it's a packed house and it requires a lot of intention and sometimes it's really hard when you have five people living at home and you know we can't go anywhere <laughs> all of our activities have been cut off our two-year-old has so much energy and she really misses her little friends and her activities and things so it's like making time for fun making time for boredom you know I think I had to really my wrap my mind around like we might be bored <laughs> and mm -hmm. it'll be okay if the kids are a little bored and it's okay if the parents are a little bored this is just kind of a part of the process and not feeling like we are um failing mm -hmm. but instead expanding and getting mm -hmm. creative so scheduling time for breaks scheduling time for fun making sure we try to get outside if the weather is you know promising um, and just doing what we can with what we have and trying to learn from that. Mm. It sounds like you're really resourceful. You know, you got to be. You got to be when you have kids and a family. <laughs> you got to be resourceful. I mean, even if you aren't caretaking and you're not partnered, like you still have to find ways to show up for yourself, right? In this mm -hmm. very challenging, emotionally stretching collective grief that we're all experiencing. You have to get creative. And if not, you know, depression can really kick in. You know, when I wasn't mm. getting up in the morning and like getting dressed or like staying in my pajamas for days and days and, you know, cause we're home. It's like, I was, I would feel myself draining and yeah. we weren't even necessarily doing anything for me to be drained, but there was no routine. It was just redundance and not in a way that was supportive to my soul work into my healing into the type of person in mind that I have right so it's like what are the little things that we can do to exercise a routine so that we feel grounded and in flow with our lives mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how has this collective grief either helped or hindered you from doing that important healing work mm. It reminds me that if we are collectively grieving, we can collectively heal. Mm. And as a person who is in this wellness space, who teaches about this work, it's very important that there is a glimmer of hope through this pain that so many of us are going through. 
um, this is unprecedented what's happening. And yeah. I think now more than ever myself and people I've been in conversation with and just my community in general is just saying like, we really need each other right now. We need each other's stories. We need each other's support. We need each other silence as far as like sitting together and just holding space without saying anything. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's the strongest bond, you know, of connectivity that we can do is just that, that holding of space without words and the collective healing is possible and it's happening. And I think that so many of us are learning that we can make it through and that we can lean on the people around us, that we can name what we need. Um, and that now is the time to really look at life, right? I think before we were all kind of just flowing through and maybe not even flowing, floating through, you know, and just like mm. not really paying attention. And now we have to really pay attention and life is the longest, shortest time. And we've lost so many people due to this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do we show up in, in intention in our lives while we're still here? And how do we celebrate the lives and stand in joy for folks who can no longer do that? So that's what it's teaching me deepening the collective healing and also the importance of community. Mm -hmm. How have your intentions as someone in this space shifted during this time? Mm, I think it's created an awareness that we don't have forever mm. and that I really want the life and legacy that I leave behind to continue to nourish people even when I transcend. Mm. And, you know, I just... That's what I've been thinking a lot about, especially as a mother and a wife and, you know, what legacy is going to look like. And mm. so I've been just really exploring that and trying to figure out what it will look like in my life. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're really self-aware. I'm 31 years old and it has taken 31 years. <laughs> <laughs> in process, always in process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, this has just been amazing so far, and you've really shared some powerful stuff that I don't think that a lot of people have the space to talk about or don't want to talk about. Um, and one thing that you do is you teach these writing courses that help people lean into those more uncomfortable things and just kind of get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So mm. what inspired the writing courses? Mm. Writing to heal inspired the writing courses um, and also the pandemic. Like I was supposed to be teaching this year, traveling and teaching. Every retreat I had was canceled, of course. And mm. um, I had to get creative so that I could support my community and also continue to give people what, they've, what they're asking for um, and to create a safe digital space for folks to show up and it's been really amazing. I've taught like over 4,000 people this year. And wow. that, would not, that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't turn to online, right? Um, mm -hmm. And while I miss gathering in person so much, I mean, I was pregnant all of 2019. Um, 2020 was supposed to be the year that I stepped back into my autonomy as a woman and not just a mother, not just a wife, but really an individual and back into the classroom and back into the retreat centers and it just didn't happen um mm. so with that not happening it's like okay well how can we still continue this work 
And how can we really talk about healing and being attentive to our soul work on the page? And this is different. The courses are four weeks long. I offer, I've offered four this year, one every quarter. And it's been so stretching and so beautiful. And I am just grateful that I've been able to lean into teaching in this new way. And that the community just continues to stand in their power on the page. Like that is, as a facilitator, that, that, is, that is what is important to me, that people know their power, that people can gather collectively, mm. whether it be in person or virtually, and find their answers and be their own expert. So that's been really wonderful this year, even during this really challenging time that people have decided to show up and still, you know, rise up together. I just think that's stunning. That is stunning and incredible. As someone who is taking your last course and who took the inner child journaling one, I I can affirm that these courses are wonderful and you have created a community online and that is just so difficult to find these days. So this is my show of gratitude and appreciation for you. These classes have been so, so great. Um, Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, and you're teaching your last journaling course of 2020 called Reclaiming Resilience, which is very on brand <laughs> for this year. Um, how did you reclaim resilience when you were transitioning to a career in health and wellness? Mm. That's a really great question. Um, I think I'm continuing to create room for reclaiming my resilience. Um, It is not something that comes easy. It is always a work in progress. And I've been in this work for eight years now. I've been teaching for four or five years. And it's, it's so special to learn how to be flexible and buoyant and um, sturdy. So mm. the definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's a noun and it also says the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. And that second one, the ability of, subs- of a substance or object to spring back into shape is how I've learned my greatest power is that I can spring back into shape. I can, I can continue to be flexible. I can continue to lean into my recovery of experiencing trauma and all of these different things, right? And Mm. that is what resilience is um, teaching me, is flexibility. I mean, the synonym for resilience is flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I like that word more than strong, because I think it offers more room for being flexible and being understanding and um, being able to like adapt you know, to our process, which is ever changing, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered your question, but. (laughs) No, this is great. (laughs) But that's what resilience means to me. That's awesome. Can you recall times where maybe you didn't have writing as your outlet and resilience was a little bit more difficult to find? I've always leaned on writing Mm. since I've been, very young, seven, eight. I was the only child, so I had to find a way to entertain myself in stories was how I did that a lot of the time. So I've always leaned on writing, um, but I didn't start writing to heal myself 
until I was about 19 or 20. Um, and that's just different. When you're writing to heal, it is a different experience. Mm. It's a different awareness and it's a different responsibility to self. That really spoke to me as someone who is 19 (laughs) (laughs) and who has been writing since I was around seven. But um, again, I didn't start writing to heal around the same time as you did. Um, So maybe like a year ago, and it really is transformative. And it's so much different from just writing like a poem or an essay for a class. It really is leaning in and inviting that. So Is there anything that you found on the page that has struck you? Mm. I think I always come back to that I have my answers. And Mm. that is so radical, you Mm. know, especially in this work where, and in this life, rather, the society where people are so quick to look outside of themselves for their answers, right? Yeah. it's shown me to reclaim my expertise of self mm-hmm. and my and be my own validation. And that's always surprising, even all these years later, you know, that mm. I still have my answers. And I will never forget one of my very first therapists who said to me, you know, you you already know, you know everything about yourself. I'm just here to guide you to your answers, you know, something along those lines. And it has stuck with me ever since. It's just really firing me up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe that so deeply. I have a friend who um, often asks me for advice, but in her question, she'll say the answer. And I'm like, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, you also have a podcast called Hey Girl, which Mm -hmm. we touched on earlier, but it was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. And as someone who has done this storytelling from a very young age, how has sisterhood shaped your storytelling? Mm. Um, It reminds me that I'm not the only woman walking through some of the things I've walked through and Mm. that there is hope in other people's stories Mm. and it's so important that we show up and share them on whatever scale that we feel comfortable you never know who needs your story yeah you mentioned exploring your identity as a woman through storytelling um so there's definitely some intersectionality there has that come up in your writing often Mm. yeah i think i think it has and Everything crosses over. Mm. Everything intertwines. Um, Life isn't linear, you know, as we know. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, with that knowing, creating space for the ups and the downs and the intersection of whatever it is we're walking through is a different type of power and a different type of understanding of our purpose. Mm. How would you advise people who maybe are afraid to come to the page or are unsure of their purpose? Mm. If you're unsure of your purpose, it's so interesting. I spoke about this recently and I um, was planning on sharing it, but I haven't yet. So it's just like ideal. If you are struggling with identifying what your purpose is, then dream it up Mm. and write down what you want it to be. The first Mm -hmm. step and start of purposeful living is to be intentional and clear about what you want it to be, not necessarily what it is. Mm. 
-hmm. right now. Um, And if you're scared to come to the page, the page isn't going anywhere. So when you're ready, (laughs) show up. (laughs) When you're ready, show up. Yeah, I mean, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That is it. Um, While I have you on the line, let's talk a little bit more about self-care. I feel like every time I hear Alex L, I immediately think self-care is community care because mm-hmm. that's your narrative. That is you. So how do you embody that sentiment? Mm, I have to take care of myself if I'm going to show up in my roles and in my mm-hmm. relationships, period, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is what self-care as community care is for me. Showing mm. up for myself so I can show up in my roles. Showing up for myself so I can show up in motherhood abundantly. So I can show up in my marriage abundantly. Yeah. Um, and not from a, an empty cup. Because mm-hmm. that's not fair to anybody, you know? I'm just loving all of this. But how do you feel when you experience the liberation that comes from self-care? Um, I feel grounded. Mm. That's the best word for it. Grounded. That's so interesting because earlier you were talking about how when we aren't creating routine in our lives or when we aren't caring for ourselves, we can kind of feel disembodied or floating. And then Mm -hmm. the fact that liberation makes you feel grounded, that's just, I love how that ties together. And you also talk a lot about the power of words and throughout this, this talk that we've had, you're like, this is the right word for this. This word speaks to me right now. Do you have any favorite words? Mm. it depends on the day to be honest with you it depends on the day what is a favorite word that I'm experiencing right now um I think supportive Mm. has really been holding space uh I've been holding space for that rather and whimsical I love that word (sighs) that was my favorite word in middle school (laughs) (laughs) That is still a favorite word of mine, whimsical. And to use it in this sense of like life is not whimsical. Mm. It is just not. Um, There are whimsical moments, but it is not a whimsical experience. And I want people to get comfortable with that. I feel like people get really uncomfortable when I say things like that, but Mm. it is not a walk in the park. It is not whimsical, but there are absolutely walk in the park moments and whimsical moments waiting for us. And I think we can hold space for the duality of challenge mm. and ease and whimsicalness and uncertainty. I think we can hold space for it all. Yes. Yes. I'm snapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking more about the power of words, your Instagram is dedicated to sharing affirmations with people, and you've also shared some beautiful meditations as well. So would you feel comfortable sharing one of those gifts today? Oh, sure. There will be people who don't get or like that you're changing. It's not your job to unpack that. Stay present and stay focused on your growth. I love it. I love it. I have this giant smile on my face right now. (laughs) But thank you so much, Alex, for joining me for sharing for just showing up you're welcome this has been wonderful and i have to just say that you being the age that you are doing the work that you do is just setting the tone for the generation your generation ahead and that is just marvelous and i am 
cheering you on and celebrating you for who you are in this world. So thank you. Just listen to the season finale of Soul. My guest today was Alex L, and I'd like to thank her for letting the light in with me. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes from the season, share them with a friend and have them follow us on Instagram at Soul the Podcast. That is at S O L T H E P O D C A S T. May you be well.